Hello everyone and welcome back to Gamecast. I'm joined by Darren and James. Heyo. Hey. So we'll start off as we did the last time. What have you guys been playing since the last episode? Uh, Metal Gear Solid on PS Vita. Collection. Yeah, the collection. That was the, the 3DS port, wasn't it? They have all the touchscreen controls and stuff. No, not that, not that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the proper, I played the yeah. touchscreen one. It's proper. horrendous. Yeah, I've heard it was a horrible <laughs> port, alright, yeah. No. It was just... That was like Snake Eater. And I didn't even look at it. I didn't even pick it up to look at it in games. I was like, nah, this is inferior. <laughs> if, it was, if it was on fire, you wouldn't even... Metal Gear games are already challenging enough without adding in bullshit, more bullshit controls. Yeah. No, it's yeah. tough enough in the PSV because I've been playing two on it, Sons of Liberty, and I've gotten to the point where you're doing the mech battles with Ray. You know, like they just yeah, keep yeah, coming yeah. at you and you're just trying to kill him, and it's impossible. Playing as Ray. Yeah. That was a bit twist. And you, Darren? Uh, I've been playing the uh, port of Doom 3 on the Switch, actually, and it's fantastic. It's a really, really great port. Um, Runs full 1080p, 60 frames per second, actually, in, in dock mode, 720p handheld. And uh, it's great. Doom 3 is one of those games I go back to, like, practically every year. Because I really kind of uh, started my love for, like, survival horror. Uh, I remember watching, like, you know the Doom movie that came out in 2005? Carol Urban and the Rock. Yeah, Carol yeah. Urban and I the actually, Rock, yeah. It gets a lot of hate, but I actually really enjoy that film. Like, it's, enjoy- it's not a good Doom movie, but... It's, it's not a good movie enough. in general, but still... <laughs> it's, it's fun, it's fun, yeah. you know? So there was a... Mm-hmm. I ever remember that film, the only reason is... Just the first-person shooter thing. The sequence. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I remember thinking, oh my god, this is unbelievable. They should put this in a game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was like a special feature on that that was uh, talking about the the release of Doom 3. There was like a guy giving like a, a video guide on how to get through it alive. This really like enthusiastic hyper guy that just like lived and breathed Doom 3. Mm. So that really like set off my interest for it. Because this is that time when I was on the PS2. I had no idea graphics on Xbox could like get that good. Oh yeah, because like, Doom Three was humbling like powerful PCs back in two thousand four. So, so I was looking at this like, holy crap! Like, games can actually look like that. And now, you on keep going. <laughs> and now, uh, now we're getting them on handhelds. You know, and it's it's just really cool to just lie in bed, pop in the headphones, and just immerse myself in Doom Three all over again. The Switch has actually really impressed me recently with the kind of the lineup of games that are coming. Hmm. Like The Witcher Three, like that's not a small game. So the fact that it's being ported over is a big thing. It shows that they're willing to give gamers what they want like rather mm. than just playing Zelda or Mario or other their traditional games like I, I get you mm. microtransactions <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of yeah in terms of third party support for the Switch uh, compared to like previous generations of Nintendo consoles the Switch seems to be killing it that way Rece- a lot more recently like with the what was it E3 where they started to announce all the new ones like Resident Evil is finally making its way onto the Switch uh, I think it's kind of the crappier versions of Resident Evil. Uh, like, I know I heard six was going out to it, and that's a pretty pretty like, poor no, game. Nobody cares about six. Yeah, yeah, but no. five, five is coming. Or five is is pretty fun. Four is on it, isn't it? Four is on everything that <laughs> has ever yeah. existed. It's Nintendo Skyrim. Four oh, is Skyrim. <laughs> oh yeah, six Skyrim for Nintendo. Like four was even ported to this obscure Brazilian game what is this console called the Nintendo console. <laughs> There was like there was some some obscure Brazilian console called the Zebo or something, and the Resident Evil Four is on that. But it has five games, and Resident Evil Four is one of them. Soldier Boy made his own console. Did you see that? Yeah. And he was like, he was literally just buying these Chinese things that cost twenty dollars to buy, and he was selling for one hundred and fifty dollars on his website. He was delusional. It was so funny though. Thanks for supporting my game. So, since the last podcast, I finally finished the PS4 exclusive Days Gone. 
um, once I finally got to the end of it, I had a few thoughts that I would put into a video. Uh, it's now on the channel. And since then, I've kind of just I've avoided going for any game that's like long term. It's because Days Gone just took 30 hours, and that's a long time for me nowadays. So I've been kind of dipping in and out of like games like Little Nightmares, Portal, Portal 2. Um, I haven't really committed to a game, but the next one I'm looking to get is the the next Star Wars game. So until that comes out, I'm kind of just going to kind of splash around games here and there. I don't really want to commit to one mm. per se. So with that said, we're going to jump straight into the first question. What game have you spent the most amount of time on? Are you through a single run or multiple? I would have to say um, Fallout 3. Mm. Yeah, I got it back, uh, back in the day when it first came out. And uh, just the idea of like a oblivion with guns and like a post-apocalyptic wasteland, like... It was, <laughs> it was absolutely enchanting. Um, so I picked that up around. I think it released in October, didn't it? October, like all those years ago. Uh, came like out in two thousand and eight. But uh, it was it was like the only game I had at the time. Uh, I played everything else to death. Uh, so I just hyper focused on this one game and just immersed myself in it for months and months, like. And uh, then one day I was saving my game and it just had one hundred and thirty hours. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> I didn't, oh, didn't realise. <laughs> I actually wasn't aware of the Fallout series until the Fallout 4 announcement because I was working with some guys who were like hyping it up to me. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this game. So I kind of jumped on the Fallout bandwagon on 4 and then jumped straight back off again because 4 was just disappointing for me. Yeah, DLC wasn't too bad. I kind of enjoyed the DLC. My problem is that the Wasteland was just a bit too empty for my liking. And the I know they were like emphasizing the customization of like your strongholds and all but I just thought it was not entertaining at all I got completely burnt out on it to be honest yeah. um, I never got into the uh, the base building aspect of it because it just didn't work which was the total opposite of what Todd Howard said it would I can almost hear his nasally voice in my head it just <laughs> I, works works, works. I, I actually enjoyed the base building in it because it had its own weird quirks which mm. thought it was a quirky game anyway so the building yeah. mechanics were just quirky like if you wanted to snap something in a weird position you had to do some fucking stupid the welcome back glitch 360 jump shot to get something <laughs> <laughs> to get something to click like. are you talking yeah. about the welcome back glitch where it's like it's like you can't get walls to line up straight yeah. so if you put a, uh, put them on a welcome mat and yeah. move the welcome mat you can rotate the whole wall uh, yeah. guess what they patched that yeah. they won't patch the game breaking <laughs> bugs or the performance they won't patch that, but they will patch the one thing that makes their system work. Which is like so, the base building because it was just so broken and yeah. it was quirky and it, it was, was just funny. It was <laughs> funny. Like. Is it a bug or a feature? Yes. Yeah. So what was it about Fallout Three as opposed to Four that kind of kept you hooked for that long, like 130 hours of series commitment? Uh, like in hindsight, like the gunplay was really, really finicky, um, and yeah, the the performance was horrible and there was a ton of bugs as well. Uh, but at the time, like I just had no like real critical thinking towards games like mm. I was just getting the latest game and just enjoying the crap out of it for what it was flaws and everything the world lore wasn't as strong mm. I felt like Fallout 4 was like a, a premonition of what the next Fallout would be which ended up being 76 because in Fallout 4 there's not much mm. like interaction with the world and the characters and the mm. NPCs and I don't know, ended up becoming 76 which was just a big turd <laughs> yeah I heard that it's actually gone through a bit of a Kind of a, yeah. It's like the remaster. It's like a, nearly. It's like No Man's Sky. Yeah. Ball of dirt and 
now it's slightly picking Polish up. But I think the damage with Fallout seventy six yeah, is just done. There, like there's no No Man's Sky story there. Yeah. So James, what have? What's your answer? Yeah, I was gonna say same. Same as Fallout three. Pretty much, yeah. So the DLC just gets sucked into the DLC and that, and then mm. on the other hand, it's a bit of a toss between that and, of course, my fabled favorite series of all time, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid four to be particular, because it was the first one that I actually kind of got on and just went balls deep. <laughs> I played it like Sorry, seven kids. times in a row. And you know that game as long as the cutscenes. I had the cutscenes amount to a couple of hours themselves. Yeah. And uh, you said it took you 130 <clears throat> hours to play Fallout and enjoy it slowly and whatnot. And that's just on Xbox 360 because yeah. I got it with mods on PC years later and ended up playing yeah. in a whole other way. So 130 hours is a speed run for Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or even Black Ops 2 was another one because I had like 15 mm. days just of my life just vanished. <laughs> <laughs> I know one guy who has restarted Modern Warfare 2 in hype of the new Modern Warfare coming out and he has pumped 28 days so far since he's just cracked his PS3 back up and that was about a week ago. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, personally now I'm going to go for a game that isn't exactly recognised as much as it should be is WWE Smackdown vs Raw 2007. Uh, I was a huge fan of wrestling, as you can see from all the belts and whatnot I have around the place. But SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 had me hooked because there was a career mode in it. And as you know, WWE features like mad storylines. Mm. And in SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, they had a really, really good career mode that had loads of storylines that you could revisit by doing branching out into different paths. So like, I would literally come home, play through an entire year of campaign, Start again, do everything differently, branch off into the different storylines. Like, if you have the title belt for this period of time, you branch off into this storyline, and it just kept me going. And, like, if you were to use certain characters, you unlocked different paths and that kind of stuff. So, that game, I'd say I've, I couldn't even tell you how much time I spent on it. I think some of the funnest PSP games are the SmackDown games. SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 for the PSP was magnificent. Yeah. Although they were very limited though because they performed poorly in hindsight but when I got it it was just amazing so moving on has a game storyline ever reduced you to tears no, take, your, take your time <laughs> there's only one time I can think of the time where I actually cried with a game and no, it's it, so doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a full on no but like a genuine I was like, I was like oh, no it just got me and it was a Call of Duty game, and I'd say I was probably like... Oh, I think I know what it is. Eight, nine, or ten, or something like that, and it was like Call of Duty Finest Hour, and the, or I think it was Big Red 1, Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1. And it was like, I just really liked one of the characters, because he's like, yeah, man, I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> it was a terrible Brooklyn or Bronx <laughs> impression. But he was just like, you know, a typical fucking New York kind of dude, like, and yeah, I got, I got attached to that. There's uh, one scene where you're running up a hill and he, he gets blown to smithereens and his body's on the ground. And I was just like, oh, no, he's gone. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. It's just too much he, for He's you. irrelevant now. <laughs> you make that sound a lot better than it probably looked. <laughs> it was actually amazing for the time. The graphics, you go back now, the graphics are terrible. I've played but it I, recently. I, I remember just the scene. I was like, wow. And then I was like, boom. And I was like, he's gone. <laughs> the dirt the graphics look amazing when it happened. So... Uh, to be honest now when I wrote that question I wasn't expecting Call of Duty to feature on the answer list now yeah, I can't think of it nothing else really but I, I can't well a shout out to James's fallen comrade in Call of Duty 2 <laughs> the big red one 
Darren, please have Sergeant Kelly. Sergeant Kelly. We'll like that. We'll make sure and we'll write it <laughs> yeah. in the in the <laughs> description below if it is Sergeant Kelly. <laughs> Darren, please pick something that makes sense. Uh, there's, there's a couple of times now, um, maybe more of that, but I can't really think. Give of us it. a few examples. Uh, the Mass Effect Three Citadel DLC. If you've ever played it. Mass Effect in general. No. Tree made me cry it's, when it's I like played it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it really would. It was like, um, basically, uh, there's this whole DLC centered around um, basically just like your character's relationships with the other <coughs> cast members. Um, but it all ends with uh, this big house party that you can throw in your like penthouse apartment place. Uh, and the party's hilarious. Like, you get to see, like, uh, it, it's probably the equivalent of like do you remember the party in Age of Ultron where you get to see all the different heroes interacting with the different mm. characters and like just kind of let their guard down and just mm. you know chat shit and just have fun like it's kind of like that uh, and then when it ends and like everybody's hung over the morning after and they're going to go onto the spaceship and go towards the final battle um, there's this really like gentle piano music when they're all just like sitting on this railing kind of like looking out at the ship and uh what was it someone says um, that was a great night shepherd and they walk on and he like your character shepherd just goes yeah and he kind of just, just really quietly to himself he just goes the best and like I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just so attached to all these characters like it's it's finally ending like the game is finally ending so it just really really set me off you know it was really powerful stuff like just even talking about Mass Effect I'm assuming Mass Effect 2 was amazing <laughs> Now, I've never played for Mass Effect, but everyone raves about the suicide mission from Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Did you manage to save everyone? Not on my first playthrough, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, some, so it was um, Grunt, I think that's... I'm dead. Yeah. 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 He, uh, was He's a crow then, isn't it? Yeah, it was like, I picked him to... Um, oh, there was like a part where you need someone to like hold off a lot of enemies or something, so I picked him because he's like the most durable guy there, the, the Krogan aliens in it have this like really strong regeneration they really do yeah like they can take a ton of punishment in the first place but they can also heal from it real fast so I'm like this guy was literally made to be a tank this is a no brainer nah nah gets he gets found just riddled with bullets and yeah that was the end of it who are you supposed to pick um who was it meant to be can you, can you remember who? I can't recall it so much time into that game too yeah but like you have to make really specific choices and like anyone who falls outside of those choices will perish so I believe it starts off from the start of the game as well doesn't it hmm? kind of your choices that kind of you have to influence in the whole way along the game um, yeah as far as I know like there are choices that have knock on effects like later yeah. on in the game and, in, and like only at a few select points in the later games but it doesn't affect the suicide mission it's oh, okay. uh, just the choices you make in at the time will affect the outcome Okay, so for me, The Last of Us, Chapter mm. One. Still have to play it. What? I have it at home and I have a new game started, but I was like, okay, I want to like sit down and focus on. It this is a 100%. purely cinematic experience. Yeah, I don't want to ha like have every have anything else distracting me. I want to sit down and just immerse myself in it. Yeah, like an hour in that game is like sitting through an hour of. Lord of the Rings or something, just immerse and like, and um, I know like it. I was watching a video of it lately, and the game doesn't look as great as it used to in, in my mind, but it's still, just everything is just right. Yeah. I wouldn't say perfect, but it's just right. Yeah. And at the start of the game, are you aware? 
What the, yes, yeah, yeah. I was starting to yeah. just don't want to spoil anything. <clears throat> At the start of the game, when your young daughter Sarah is found with a like, bullet hole, and he's mm. just like, Wait, what? No, I'm joking. Sorry. <laughs> no, God, I'm he's, um, and he's just like begging her not to go and like, Stay with me, baby girl, stay with me. I was just like, Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's the toughest open to a game I've ever experienced. Yeah. Yeah, they really just hit you right with it from the get-go. I'm just like, it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> so, I'm really looking forward to The Last of Us Part 2. Hopefully, it starts off just as heart-wrenching. Mm. So, another one. What would you say is a game character that has the biggest impact on you? Mm. Tough one. I, I'd be inclined to say... Um, like... Purely because the character's journey is something that kind of resonates with me, I would actually say Jack uh, from Jack and Daxter. Um, purely because, like, it's kind of... I mean, like, his journey kind of reflects what every adult goes through anyway. Like, um, he kind of... I'm unaware of the Jack and Daxter series, apart from the, da- the Daxter okay. solo game. So, do you want to start from the start and just explain <clears throat> to me what happens? So the first game is very uh, cartoony and, and very innocent. You know, it's um, just big cartoony open world. It's very like Ratchet and Clank kind of vibe from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, so Jack and his friend Daxter uh, disobey their village elder and they go to this island off the coast that's like filled with these like tribal monkey kind of things. But they're actually being led by uh, these evil sorcerer kind of people. Uh, so due to an accident, uh, Daxter falls into a pool of this stuff called dark eco it's like this dark liquid that can mutate things and he turns into the little fluffy guy that's yeah, on the front cover little mascot yeah so um, the events of that game happen <laughs> anyway but in Jack 2 gets way way darker because they find this artifact at the end of the first game that lets them like travel through time mm-hmm. but when they open it this this huge like demon guy comes through the portal and uh, actually like destroys the world of the first game so that premise alone was pretty dark for me I was like damn that's like you know the, the lovely game that I fell in the world that I fell in love with from the first game is now like gone it's completely destroyed all those friendly NPCs probably butchered cool. uh, and Jack lands in this uh, this grim dystopian city in the future that's like this huge metropolis <coughs> place with huge walls on all sides uh, built to protect them from the creature's outside the walls which are actually the creatures that came through the portal and took over the world in the past because you've landed like 500 years in the future and are they aware that it was Jack that did it? no they have no idea no one has a, no one has a clue well, it wasn't his fault though um, I mean he hit the button but like, he did not know what was going to happen but um, he actually gets kidnapped by the uh, the dictator of the city Baron Praxis and he experiments on him with Dark Eagle because he wants to Oh, this is the, where the, the dark Jack or something comes That's from. That's where it comes from, yeah. yeah. He was he basically wanted to make this like dark uh, battalion of super soldiers to fight against the the monsters outside. And Jack was the only one that actually survived. Uh, but Daxter helped him escape, so he uses his new dark powers to like fight back against Baron Praxis and lead a, an underground resistance. Which, but, um, go on. But um, obviously I have not undergone dark eco transformations <coughs> or led a resistance but um the kind of the the growing up aspect of it uh the the loss of innocence the coping with a a world that wasn't as bright and like friendly as you thought it was and getting stronger from it and actually overcoming trauma and rising to the occasion like that's 
something I think everybody goes through. It sounds similar to the way Kingdom Hearts kind of starts off, mm. where you start off in this desolate little paradise, and then you discover mm. that the world isn't as great yeah. and bubbly as it seemed. Similar vibes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Although yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can go up. I'm still pondering on it. So, <laughs> so, like, there was a couple of people that came to mind, but I'll go with one simply because I really wanted to experience this character's story, and that is Nathan Drake. Because the character for the first three games we get is this kind of never-say-die character who's fun, doesn't take himself too seriously, and, um, like aspires to do better but then in the fourth one we get a much deeper layer to Nathan Drake and we discover his like his origin story the where he came up with the name Nathan Drake and um, in in general just like his love and his respect towards his friends and his brother his desire to keep his brother safe and do whatever he can to make sure that happens I was just like this is such a humane character in a video game that we just don't see too often. Usually we're used to a character <clears> who um, just guns down hundreds of enemies, doesn't think twice, whereas Nathan Drake, you have the commentary the whole way through the game where he's talking about what's going on, that he's scared, that he was afraid he was going to lose this person, that person, and it adds a real realistic tone to the Uncharted games that I think are what makes it so special. So, like, um, I didn't play the Uncharted games when they came out, I played them in the Nate and Drake collection and I literally just blew them out of the way within a three week span because I was so engrossed in this character. Then when Uncharted 4 arrived after I ordered it, I literally just cleared it in one day because I was just, I really wanted to experience what happened with this character to see where it went. And I think you both agree that the series ended on a very fine note. Absolutely, yeah. Um, going back to your earlier question, the ending from Uncharted 4 is the other game that actually had me crying. Really? Uh, to be honest, yeah, because it just ended just so perfectly, you know? Like, all these characters deserve that really happy ending they got. It didn't have me crying. It had me, had me smiling. Yeah. yeah. But, um, oh, I was smiling and crying. Like. <laughs> I was, I was smiling it was tears of joy. And crying with joy, like, yeah. You know, I was so happy for, for my main man, Nathan, you know? And, like, do you know the way, like, sometimes when a game series <laughs> ends, you have, like, a kind of, like, a, like you're missing something? Yeah. I did have that, but then when I played The Lost Legacy, I thought it was an absolute perfect way to end Uncharted because... It was kind of like a cool down period, if you get me. Mm. We still got to experience Uncharted, but they pulled some of the features, like Nate and Drake not mm. being present, but they gave us Sam Drake, which was a, a bit of a difference. And it just felt, yeah, I'm ready to let Uncharted go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly how I describe it, because it was it was more Uncharted, but it wasn't like dragging it out. You know, it, it wasn't like It was an epilogue of a game. Like, mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because like, they could have just like made another one or like forced... Nathan to like go on yet another adventure but no they yeah. they, they got the adventure <laughs> with, retirement. you know we got to see like the adventure with Chloe uh, we got to see like an, um, <clears throat> what Nadine did and how she felt after the events of 4 yeah. you know, we got to see more of Sam um, I was totally pleased with it like yeah yeah I'm still stumped on that <laughs> repeat the question please <laughs> <laughs> going again <laughs> what would you say is game character that has had the biggest impact on you? Now it doesn't have to be something like emotion or something. Let's just say a game character that you like um, thought really highly of and like you really enjoyed playing as, mm. or a character that you have to have played as, or just a character that you like. Let's say it could be anyone. It could be a side character who guides okay. you along or whatnot. Yeah. I'm okay. Someone that guides you along. Then I suppose my favorite character then in that sense would be like um, 
good old Otacon from Metal Gear. Alright, that's fair enough. Voice of guidance <laughs> throughout, throughout your missions. Because he's just this little, starts off as when you first meet him, he's just this little... He pisses himself. He, yeah, he pisses himself. <laughs> Fucking big-ass ninja <laughs> dude. Yeah, trying to kill <laughs> And then Snake walks into the room. And he's just, he's like these two fucking massive dudes that are trying to, that he thinks are trying to kill him. But like, um, yeah. And then, this I, is himself. I think I know what you mean. Like, Otacon yeah. is a character who's always there for you throughout the series. Yeah, he's playing he's that a side snake. Like, he's always there. He's your backbone, nearly. But like, he, again, because he knows he's a side character, even throughout the games, you see him kind of develop as a bit of a, you know, no, he starts no, off as a bit of a weakling, no, but he kind of gets stronger as he goes along. Like he's seen to yeah, like he, he, he find he, out more. He discovers his strength, like yeah, like you know, he's a bit of a pussy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does sit behind a computer screen for most of the game, and yeah, wasn't a very good. And, well, like even the part of where at you when you first meet him, he's like this shivering mess, yeah. and then at the end of four, he's confident in himself, and they're looking for Snake, and he's like, oh, he's always late, and like, he's more laid back, and you see a growth there. Like, There's like one really weird part in two. I don't know if you remember it, but he's like talking about like his childhood and why he left home and left his sister there, and like you know his sister goes off and big mad mess and makes a load of nuclear bombs and stuff like that, just to get back at her brother from leaving, you know, <laughs> leaving her. <laughs> well, even if, even if you include like the arc of his father being this like sneaky little bastard, if you mind the language. Uh, yeah, no, 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 his <laughs> and his mother used to fucking molest him. <laughs> that was apparent. Yeah, <laughs> and the mo- he's like, right, yup, I'm out here. <laughs> his, his, and his, the father killed the mother as well. Yeah. What was her name? Um, I can't remember. It was, I think it was like Valentine or something like that. But um, what happened there is in, in Phantom Pain, they find that Huey was after putting, killing his wife and hiding him in this like, container and they open up and find her. And like, uh, Huey is like, Exiled for like a number of reasons, and you don't see him again. But then Octagon is your son. Octagon. <laughs> Octagon. Sorry, sorry. Octagon. So you have seen. So yeah. So then, like, you have to that to consider, like, why he's Octagon why he is. Sorry, easy. Now. That's why. He, that's at the start, like that kind of explains why he's such a nervous wrecking all because of what he's gone through. But then you kind of get a sense towards the end of the series that he's kind of overcame those. With the help of like Solid Snake and the people around, more resilient. Yeah, he's more resilient. So, so you buy a beta cock to resilient dude. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been so scared that you had to stop playing a video game? I don't want to admit it, but yeah, yeah, I have. Um, Basically, I was playing. Do you remember the first Fear game? Fear, like first mm. first encounter of Sol Recon, the first person shooter. The the child is not really a child. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was her name? Uh, Alma. Alma. Creepy little ghost girl. Yeah. Yeah. So I was playing that and I had headphones on, turned up quite loud because I wanted to be hundred percent immersed. Immersed in the game. I was. I was. Apparently, it was a very good shooter as well. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, it's actually really famous for its AI. Uh, the AI of the soldiers was just so intelligent. So, let's say uh, you go into a room with like. Um, like a long hallway and there's like a bit of cover here you're shooting at guys at the end uh if you stay camped uh, by that cover they'll like get a guy with a shotgun to run down the hallway next to you Mm. because like if he gets close to you when he comes out the doorway next to you like the shotgun's close range that's like instant death yeah so they'll throw a grenade to flush you out and then like you'll run across into the hallway to get away from it and then the the guy with the shotgun is there waiting for you 
This one's very advanced for a game that was released in what, 2005. So, so advanced. You can watch YouTube videos where they show you exa- examples of the AI. Like, they'll set up situations and you'll see the AI, like, react logically yeah. with it. It's really, really famous. Like, no game has come close nowadays. In fact, people say, like, next-gen consoles, like, they have the graphics and stuff nailed down, but they still just completely lack the AI. AI is a big problem for me in games mm. nowadays. So what was what was the moment in fear, getting back to that, that caused you to have <coughs> uncontrollable fear? So I was fully immersed in it anyway, uh, and I'd been playing it for quite a while, so at that point, like, I, I had endured a lot of scares, and I was mm-hmm. I was kind of exhausted at that point. Uh, so <laughs> there's this part where you're running down a dark hallway, yeah. and at the end of the hallway, there's like a, there's like a foreman's office, it's in this big industrial kind of building. So there's like a foreman's office with like a little uh, like just computers and stuff inside. So I'm going towards and it's it's well lit. So I'm like, oh, there must be like hell kits and stuff in there. Yeah. So just as you're running, it's totally silent. Only your footsteps can be heard. And I'm there running along. And then all these ghosts appear like up, up against the window, like screaming at you. And there's this really loud, bassy, kind of sound like right in your ear. So I was just like... Oh. Jesus, I was like, okay, look, they got me good, but this isn't fun anymore. That's enough fear for today. <laughs> so I turned it off and I went to bed. Uh, I imagine that I'm the whole true fear. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm used to it now. Like I can, I can play it no bothers now because I know where all the scares are. They don't really get me anymore. But even the concept of the game of like a ghost child mm. haunting you was just <laughs> when I read that in the PlayStation magazine when it came out. I was like, nope, I don't want to look at this page. Turn it over. Mm. I suppose for me it's not really going to be a, a scary game might sound a bit silly but when I first played it it would have been Dark Souls <laughs> and it's not necessarily a scary game I think it's just it's the not, tension is just it, too high it'll have you on it it's not yeah that's what I mean like it's not the fear like you know it's not a scary game you know there's not going to be jump scares but the game just makes you really fucking anxious like, yeah like um, <laughs> the first time yeah the first time you're playing it you're kind of walking everywhere with, yeah. your, with your shield held up constantly yeah because you're just you just don't know what to expect to jump yeah. out which is just this constant so, anxiety and when you do get yeah. to the boss battles just anxiety levels just going through the well, yeah, carrying, no, just aim for the ass <laughs> <laughs> carrying that kind of tension for a long period of time it, it would wear you out like, yeah. so you know the amount of times I've said like that's enough Dark Souls for today. Yeah. You know, no, I've like, often, I've often like I've never completed one, and I've often put it on, and I'm like, this time I'm gonna do it, hmm. and it just kind of gets you know I'm like, I just screw this, I just can't, <laughs> I just can't do it. Yeah. I think my playtime for Dark Souls on the PC is about twenty minutes because oh. I was like, yeah. casual, I can't do anymore. It's not a game that scares yeah. you, but it definitely puts you on edge. I it's ran down the wrong laneway. Do you know when you leave the asylum, hmm. and you land at the the main area. I ran backwards down the steps to an area where the uh, the levels are a lot, lot higher. Mm. And I was being chased by like these wraiths and I was like mm. I managed to kill one of them, surprisingly. And I was they were just like haunting the shit out of me. I was like, Oh my god. So then um I got talking to Kelvin or Romer and he was telling me to what just go fucking right. So I did that and I managed to get a good bit down the game. I managed to get like an hour go through. Up towards Undeadburg and Yeah, like jump up the stairs the the normal fucking way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um I got through about an hour, got to the boss, killed the boss, and then I got killed by some like little foot soldier. And it like sent me back to yeah. the bonfire and I was like, that's enough. Turned it off. It's it is punishing, but it's also incredibly addictive. And when you get good at it, like it's so just you get really far and you just want to see more and more what the game has to offer in terms of the locations 
the atmosphere, all the exotic enemies you fight, all the cool weapons and armor you can get. It's just once you you'll hit a point where you just won't be able to stop because it's too good. I can handle. I can watch walkthroughs of it all day long, hmm. but when I'm actually at the controls, I'm just mind blown. So for me, a game that I just got the controller said nope was Resident Evil Zero. Hmm. Mainly because I had a really, really bad experience. Because I was in my cousin's house. They were all gone. It was just me and my twin brother. We turned on his Nintendo GameCube. And we put on Resident Evil Zero. Not being fully aware of what the Resident Evil series was about. But um, we were smart enough to recognise from the case that it was kind of a horror-themed game. And it was bright daylight. So we are like, yeah, go on, throw it on. We won't mind. So we put it on anyway. And if you can remember the GameCube controller... It's really awkward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the game sets you in this environment. It has a real creepy opening cutscene where there's a guy on a hill and he's like standing like that, and there's like a swarm of like these like weird zombie creatures attacking this train, and like people start to get like attacked and like turning. And uh, you're sent in to investigate this train. So you're playing as this character called Rebecca Chambers. I've actually gone back and like watched the entire game through, and I'm like, this thing, this got me. So you get on the train anyway, and when you get on the train, you're just standing there, mm. and all of a sudden, two corpses reanimate. The thing that scared me was the GameCube controller was so poor, I could not move. <laughs> so it was just me advancing backwards, like two steps at a time, till I hit the back wall, and jamming buttons, and like nothing would work, wouldn't lift up the gun, wouldn't do anything. And I just sat there, helplessly, as two zombies killed me. I was just like, no, must have been traumatizing. I, it was. It was like real life, just watching zombies. Show come me towards. on the doll where the zombies don't. <laughs> oh, everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> and like, it would. Do you know the like your dead screen? Yeah. Wouldn't even wait for that to come up. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I can't, can't do that. Because I knew, like, as soon as that would come up, it offered me the chance to retry. Yeah. And I was even like too afraid. Like, no, I don't want to look at that screen. Turned it off. Went home. Didn't speak to my parents. Just didn't eat. Just did not. And just sat there feeling like. Coming. <laughs> just yeeted your friend's GameCube out the window. <laughs> another one. We weren't friends after that. <laughs> like another one would be is Call of Duty. You had up. your chance. I don't know what to say. I'm just throwing out there. You know, I never know. Someone else might have had the same experience. Right, right, go ahead. <laughs> if you know, uh, Call of Duty World at War, and it's playing a game on Veteran, notoriously hard on Veteran, trying to get the Platinum, and then you pass the last mission, and then game goes into, into the credits, and then you just shot straight into Nazi zombies. Oh God! When the credits, Solo. the second the game, game credits end, goes into Nocturne Totem, the first zombie map, and you're just kind of mm. credits end, and you're kind of like, what's this? Just got finished the game, I got the platinum trophy, and then you're just kind of waiting there, and then zombies start coming at you, and you're like, all right, so it's like a mini game. <laughs> but you're, if you're playing it on your own for the first time, it's I'll, I'll entertain it. The scene, the the oh, cutscene where. Your player is like open his eyes and there's like a zombie running at you from the distance yeah. and it's like that was fucking creepy. I was like, that's enough for to just turn it off. But then when you start playing like co-op in yeah, zombies, it's a you just can't great experience. <laughs> yeah, people who play zombies on their own should just just no. Yeah. no, 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 thank you. Okay, gentlemen, so that's it for all the questions you've got else you want to talk about any new games that have interesting you or anything happening in gaming that has taken your fancy uh, I actually picked up uh, Astral Chain today on uh, Switch any of you hear about that no oh it's, it looks so cool so it's um, so it's like a futuristic uh, anime game where you play as these cops in like this big like cyberpunk kind of city oh I think I have heard of it then you, you probably have yeah mm. it's like um, these 
these like aliens attack the earth or something and uh, the cops use these things called legions they're like these like alien ghost things that are like handcuffed to you with the astral chain uh, so the combat the thing <laughs> he, did it. he said the thing <laughs> so the combat is like you fighting like evil <laughs> evil <Sorry. laughs> come on get out of your system go on <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the combat's looking pretty cool. You have to like uh, use your your legion's ability and your own weapons to like fight the enemies, but like work in tandem with your legion. So yeah. you can actually like control your legion with the right stick, I think. Have them wrap their wrap the astral chain around the enemy, and then when the enemy's like tied up, you both just wail on them. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because like um, it's a co-op game, I'm assuming. Um, I don't think it's multiplayer. No, it's like you control your oh, player yeah, and yeah. their legion. So like switch over to the other person. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, but you can cool. do cool stuff as well. Like, um, you can like have your legion float over a gap and go over to another ledge, and then you can like kind of yank use, yourself. Yeah, over use to them it. for kind of like an yeah. anchor. Yeah, but um, I bought that bought today and uh, Spyro reignited on Steam released as well, and I have that downloading. So can't wait. The Spyro game now. I've um, my housemate actually bought that and I watched it play it. It just just seems like kind of aimless fun. Uh, reignited. Yeah. It's it's good simple platforming fun like uh, you know it's pretty it's a joy to play very very pretty yeah very pretty you just go around collecting all these shiny things and beating the big bads Ooh, shiny. it's from it's from an era it's you just our times really yeah like you just don't see platformers like that around anymore but also um, the guy who did the soundtrack for Spyro he's like a famous uh, famous musician isn't he yeah he and does. he yeah. came back. He had, the, he had the original files or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But a lot of the Spyro songs are actually on his like best of album. And they're these really like dreamy, upbeat, like prog rock kind of soundtracks. Mm. And the levels themselves are incredibly uh, dreamlike and beautiful as well. Like they're so aesthetic. They're like very like, so, like a cloud. Like, it's almost like a cloud. Really. Yeah. It's, like, it's just like really like lilac covered skies. And like, you know, like when the sunlight hits the clouds. Yeah. Imagine those and just like big magic frosty mountains and like weird little enemies and even the animations like the, 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 the I nearly used the word they're like soft yeah like even when he's hitting someone I imagine it's like a pillow hitting someone <laughs> there's just really nothing else like Spyro so I'm no. looking forward to seeing it in 4K like, if my PC can run it like I know people compare like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro but like mm. there there is a significant difference like Crash is mm. kind of like um fast paced fun cool whereas Spyro is just kind of first one sit so back and have you ever played the first Crash Bandicoot yes, yes. Uh, it's Hard, hardcore stuff, yeah. <laughs> and they changed the control scheme then for the second one. Slag <laughs> I had the very, very poor um, <laughs> PS2 crash game. What was it? Uh, Wrath of Cortex. Wrath of Cortex, where a Crush appears. Now, like when I was younger, I thought it was great. Cause it was a crash game, but in hindsight, I went back and rewatched some of it on YouTube. Very, very poor compared to the original games. <laughs> so, like, it took a long time for Crash to find its feet again. Yeah, the overall quality of Crash kind of just plummeted once it went once it went uh, multi-platform. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if the new the limitations they had suited it. Mm. Whereas when they kind of got like I remember one Crash game where it was like an overhead kind of like 3D game where you're running around. I was like, mm. this is this is not Crash. This is crap. Crash Bash was it the multiplayer arena thing? No, no. It was like like this adventure style game where it, it had the remastered not the remastered the re-imaged version where Crash of the Titans was it? could have been you had like it was co-op you could play as Coco mm. as well and run yeah. around and stuff and it just I was like no no this is this is poor so uh, we have lots more coming up on the channel we have videos coming out almost every week we try to get one out as often as we can 
Um, there is also a teaser about to play, so take a look. Hey, Darren. It's here. So that was a trailer for our upcoming series, Versus. We're going to try to get that going as quickly as we can, where me and the guys will be taking each other on one-on-one -on -one in various games, whether it be Rocket League, FIFA, etc., etc. And... Just tucked in your innuendo, sorry. Do you want to get it out of your system? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to try to get that done as quickly as we can, depending on our own schedules. Um, also, I have just purchased the Dark Anthologies game, Man of Meden, and Darren is going to be purchasing that himself whenever he can, and we're going to try to do a video together on that as well. So there is a good lot more content coming, so yeah, we'll go ahead with the trivia question, so. Uh -oh. Albert Einstein already. <laughs> not Albert Einstein, I'm, I'm not anyway smart. Yeah. Question one. What is the maximum controller supported by the PlayStation 3 system? Maximum. How many controllers can the PS3 operate at one time? Four. No. No. Six. No. Eight. No. Sixteen? No. Dude. Higher though. No. <laughs> Ten? No. Fifty? No. Unlimited. No. Just keep fucking blowing them. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited power! <laughs> it's like fucking fuck the extension cable into itself. Playing Tekken. Two, 256. No. It is a realistic number. Less than 10. 9. No. 7. Yes. Right, so. It's just a number. Six screens and one in the middle. Right in the middle. Once you. Like, do you know there's four uh, LED icons on the, the front panel of the screen? Mm -hmm. They keep going, but it stops after 7. Like, there's only four, yeah. you can keep adding people on and stops after seven. That's just... Don't argue with the facts. <laughs> three, three, like, screens, like, three down, three down, three down, just one kind of big one in the middle, just blocking everybody up. I remember they used to do that, actually, where they would split, like, let's say if you had three, one guy got a huge panel, and then the other two got, like, a little crappy yeah. on it. it. Happened on zombies the whole time. You could, you could be one of those little, um, those little asshole kids that's like, oh, it's my house, I get the big screen, but then you go to your friend's house, like, I'm the guest, I get the big screen. <laughs> I always got the crap screen, anyway, because I was no good at those kind of games when I was younger. Question two. When did Mario first appear? God. What year? 1974. No. So you're probably looking at the NES era, so the 80s. So when, when did the NES come out? When did Mario first appear? When was? When did the NES launch? I cannot tell you. I think it was 80-something. Give you a hint, it wasn't. I'm going to say. Console. Okay, arcade five. Okay, give me a hint. When when did Italians first exist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did they start talking like that? Yeah, I mean, like, did life imitate art, or? I think so. Well, actually, say, he started yeah. off as a carpenter. 
gonna say eighty-five or something. You're close. Just thinking about right. One get one more guess each. Whoever gets closest. Seventy-six. Eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-one. Yeah. He first appeared in nineteen eighty-one in the arcade game Donkey Kong, where he was Donkey Kong's uh, like abusive handler. And he was originally named Jumpman. Jumpman. Yes, he was renamed to Mario then when he was given his own title. So if you think about it, Mario is actually a spin-off of Donkey Kong, which is nearly the opposite way around now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. So, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Gamecast episode 4. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you again next time. Bye-bye.